Welcome to Our Ghost Stories. I'm Gabby. I'm Kim. And we're here to take you on a detour of ghostly proportions. We're off-roading. <laughs> we're off-roading today. Ghost-roading. Ghost-roading. That sounds, that <laughs> sounds weird. so dirty. That sounds, I don't so, like that sounds, it. That's like something Jake would say if he was here. We're hanging out with Jake too much. Too much we Jake. are. Too much ghost daddy. But what is... <laughs> never too much ghost daddy. <laughs> um... For those of you that don't know what we even mean by detour is that normally we talk about experiences that we have had either myself or Kim or people in our group of a ghost, which is Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle Tacoma, that we've had in doing investigations. And we like to tell you the lowdown of what we experience, what evidence, 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 <laughs> what evidence we have. Um, and usually like to give you a little uh, dabble on the history of the Washington vicinity. Mm-hmm. So um, today we're not straying too far. We're staying pretty locale, but we're going to focus a little bit more about the dark history of Seattle and this this little lady called uh, Linda Hazard. Good old Linda. It sounds like she should be in... And like PR, isn't that isn't that a joke about all people named Linda and PR? Yeah, but Hazard being her last name is like more of an HR situation. Although to be fair, it was not her her given name. She married into it. I think that's why she liked her husband was because of <laughs> just his for the last, last name. name. Because also, it was Burfield. That was also, her original name. So on brand. Yeah, so on brand. But Linda Hazard and Starvation Heights. Mm-hmm. So. We have a lot of information here. I think a lot of people have heard about Linda Hazard at some point in time. I know um, Lore. Locals. Locals have, but it's a less known story otherwise. And actually, Lore just did a podcast episode on it uh, that was super in-depth and gave a lot of really great information. So if you haven't checked that out, you should totally listen to it. But I don't want to steal their information. They have a lot of really well-researched stuff. We actually did some research. Kim has done a ton of research on this and knows it like the back of her hand (laughs) because of the murder tours, right? Because of the murder tours. We cover uh, Linda Burfield, later Linda Hazard, on our murder tour at Spooked in Seattle. Plug. Plug. Shameless plug. Uh, She is one of our featured people uh, because she has murdered. (laughs) She's murdered a lot of people, but like totally disguised it as not murder. Except, Except for that guy that Showed up dead of a gunshot wound. <clears throat> Which we'll get to that in a we'll second. We'll get to that. <laughs> so basically, Dr. Linda Burfield Hazard was a sadistic and greedy quack. Quack. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You can't say quack oh, and not expect me not I to know. act quack. I had to do the, the Donald Duck. Um, <laughs> who um, She convinced her patients that if they starve themselves for months at a time, they could regain their health. Which I think... In this day and age now, like, people are very easily to convince of things. We still do it. We, yeah, there's still, like, um, well, regular fasts. and regular fasting. Like, there's yeah. um, people that fasting intermittent fasting, too. Yeah, you literally fast from, like, 8 a.m. Or, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Oh. And only eat in between. I know a lot of people that do that. Um, 
but it's not as gnarly. You still get to eat. You still get to eat. You're just limited in eating at a certain period of time. But the way Linda Hazard did this was that um, she killed her people. So a lot of them died of starvation. So she didn't like directly kill them. She indirectly killed them. She actually had a quote unquote sanitarium air quotes. Well, and and, I mean, she actually, before she was treating people here, she was treating people in uh, Minnesota. Yep. That was where she first started as a physician. Yeah. Uh, and her very first patient there died of starvation. <laughs> That's a hint, right? So And they wanted to prosecute her, and they couldn't. Because she wasn't a medical doctor. She wasn't. So she actually killed her first patient in 1902. Mm-hmm. So she was born in 1867 in Carver County, Minnesota, and um, got married at 18. One of eight kids, too. Oh, wow. Lots of the kids. That may have been where the starvation thing came from. Like, at that point, you're kind of every man for themselves when there's eight of you. I don't even want to know what she did to her siblings, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) They Um, were vegetarians for a while. Were they really? Believe it or not. Which in Minnesota in the (laughs) 1860s, that's a thing. No one's a vegetarian They totally just started the vegan fad. Totally. But anywho, at 18, she got married and had two kids, but she only hung around for like 13 years and then yeah. was like, bye, I'm going to do my Aye. own thing. So she moved to Minneapolis in um, like 1898. And uh, in 1902 is when she killed her first patient. Everyone um, remembers their first. Yep. And during the same time, her divorce actually was finalized. Mm-hmm. Her so- divorce was. Her divorce, yes. Um, (laughs) After the coroner determined uh, that the death that she caused was from starvation, you you mentioned that he tried to get her persecuted. She literally kept claiming that she was a doctor, but did not. And investigators actually asked what happened to the victim's valuable rings because (laughs) they happened to go missing after Linda Hazard helped. Seriously, how spooky. And she super like deflected that. Was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have rings. Meanwhile, she's like, bling, bling. (laughs) Look at my rings. So pretty. (laughs) Um, Anyway, she also had more bad publicity. That's easy to say. Publicity. Publicity. Um, After she met and married the man of her dreams, Mr. Hazard. Samuel. Have you seen pictures of this dude? I have not, but I sound like I feel like I need to. He's not what I would call an attractive man. This is no judgment. (laughs) I really think attractive men that she probably married him for his last name, like legit. (laughs) Like well, because he was a known philanderer, too. I mean, he was still married when they got married, so that should have been a clue. He wasn't just married once. No. <laughs> he actually <laughs> married two ladies before Linda uh-huh. Hazard, and he was clearly a drunk. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And he had ruined a promising uh, military career by misappropriating army funds. So that wow. that's your first sign that there's some shady shit uh-huh. going on. Um and actually, we legit should put up a picture of him because <clears throat> I don't get it. Noted. Noted. Check the <laughs> IG later on, guys. Check the IG for oh. some Samuel Hazard. Uh, but anyway, there was a really highly publicized trial for bigamy, which ended in a two-year prison sentence for Sam because <laughs> of the marriage catastrophe situation when he married Linda. So already she's like, got a winner right 
And Mm -hmm. uh, after he finished his sentence in 1906, they decided, you know what, we need to start fresh. We're going to move. We're going to move to Washington. So Uh they began practicing. They, Linda Hazard, began practicing in Seattle. And nobody knew who she was. She was this new person, so she could start her bullshit again um, and was commuting by ferry from a 40-acre spread in Kitsap County in Olala, which she named Wilderness Heights, which Uh today is known as Starvation Heights. Well, even then it was known as Starvation Heights. That's what the locals called it. Which I I wonder why. Yeah. Well, and and fun fun fact, uh, she actually had a medical degree as she called it. it wasn't a real one but she called herself a doctor of fast she was a fasting specialist hmm. and she's actually the first doctor in the united states to refer to herself as such and to quote unquote earn that yeah which didn't really exist nope. but go linda i guess paving the way for women everywhere she actually wrote a book and it was called she wrote two books yeah she one of her books um was called fasting for the cure of disease Uh So clearly she was not qualified, like you said, Kim. She uh, her only training was an osteopathetic nurse. Um, That's it. And she apparently used to snap at news reporters. I think this is really funny. So (laughs) she would correct people and she would say, I have told you time and time again, it is Dr. Hazard. Mrs. Hazard is my mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, so much Linda was sass. sass. Oh, get it, girl. She's that so is sassy. Sass. My God, woman. Who yeah. is she? She is Dr. Hazard, is Dr. who she Hazard. is. But when you look at her picture and you say, like, you say Dr. Hazard to yourself, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks like a Bond villain or something. I mean, she, she has a very severe face. She basically was her time's Bond villain, but mm-hmm. masked herself as the, like, hero at the same time. But people believed it. Right. People bought it. Totally. She literally. was literally licensed to practice medicine in Washington, though. So there's a loophole in Washington in a licensing law grandfathering in some practitioners of quote unquote alternative medicine who didn't have a medical degree. And Linda figured that out. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of the reason why they decided to move to Washington. Oh, I, that very well could have been uh, a, a, a factor. I mean, this is also during kind of the the boom you've got the tail end of the gold rush happening and and a lot of people moving out west uh because you could easily disappear people as well uh record keeping in in washington at the time was crap and so if somebody came here and disappeared never be heard from again it, it wasn't completely outside their own possibility you could get away with that quite easily totally well i mean it's just really wild to see that like she fully knew what she was doing. There's like, oh, no, yeah. she, she was aware. So anyway, she said that disease could be cured by fasting, right? So it would allow the digestive system to quote unquote rest and quote, be cleansed, removing quote impurities. I'm doing lots of air quotes right now from the body. Um, and apparently, I mean, let's face it. If, if she was alive today, the Kardashians would have her like, be promoting her stuff on their Instagram. I feel like all you would see is just like, oh, I'm not going to go there. But it basically, (laughs) (laughs) 
all you would see is like their their plastic hanging off of bones. But let's no. not give you that visual. It's not, thank you for that. Yeah, you're I can't, welcome. I can't, can't get that nope. out of your head. Nope. nope. But apparently, fasting she maintained could just completely cure things from toothaches to tuberculosis to female problems, if you will. The real source of all the disease was impure blood, which was brought on by impaired digestion. So she actually had a way to make it seem like a logical thing that obviously if all these things are happening, it's affected by your digestion. So if you halt your digestion, you will fix your problems, Right. which I'm sure for people that are uneducated and they hear that, that would be something that would probably make them go, oh, she knows, she knows her stuff. Apparently, also, there were other popular types of fasting um, around that oh, yeah. time. And yeah. she had studied one of them that uh, Dr. Edward Hooker Dewey had. <laughs> That's a name. I'm sorry, Hazard and Hooker. That sounds like a and 70s Dewey. Like... That's just even... <laughs> You know, oh. and you know what the title of their film is is the gospel of health just kidding mm-hmm. it's not a film it's an actual book um yep. called the gospel of health no but it's literally a book it's a real book starring hazard and, and hooker yeah. hooker dewey hazard hooker and dewey all three of them oh my god we're all the worst anyhow <laughs> Um, Hazard added some, um, well, you know, embellishments. She made it a little fancier for her own. So her regimen was a little different. She included daily enemas mm, that went on for hours. Up to 12 a day. Up to 12 a day. Ugh. Including 12 quarts of water. Yeah. That's a lot. Because she'd have them be in the bathtub. And later, some of her patients would be so weak because they're, A, they're not eating, and B, they're being enema to death. Oh my god, that um, sounds like a band name, like a really bad metal band name. <laughs> like a bad metal enema band. to death. Enema to de- death. Enema. Deathema. Death-ema. <laughs> oh so dumb. I can't. Going to hell. Um, but they, she would construct like supports to keep them upright so they could continue being enema. Well, you know, you a- gotta do what you enemas. gotta do. Aggressive. The aggressive deathema. <laughs> i just really hope that they, while they were propped up having their enema they were listening to like black metal um but you know we all we all have a dream i now know yours <laughs> hey man <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time anywho patients were heard to cry out in pain during these procedures which is just like a Sorry, I just did like the two metal hands. Like, what are you holding with that? But you know, this right is the, as I was taking a sip of my beverage, <laughs> this, too, this so that was good timing. An audio uh, situation, so you can't see what I'm doing. Sorry, um, <laughs> I will narrate. <laughs> so, the third part of her therapy was massage. One would think, oh, what? How wonderful! You have a nice massage, but really, what the massage was was. Hazard violently beating her fists against her patient's foreheads and backs. And apparently, like, while she was a wiry little woman, she was stronger than the average man. She was working out. She was tall, too. And, like, think about it. Like, she's 
the only person that is not weighing like 50 pounds and right. if you're like beating the like crap out of someone who's 50 pounds and you're already that much stronger like that's pretty wild and apparently um she was really wild because in while she would do this while she would like be banging her fists on patients foreheads and backs um <laughs> she was so into it that while she was doing it she would yell eliminate eliminate is it is it after the animals I think it's like, well, yeah, it's supposed to be the third part of the therapy. So like the the enemas came first, right? And then, but then if you're eliminating, you're just getting it, get it all out, get it all out, like an assage, an assage, uh, mm, assage. Mm, so assage. Dumb. <laughs> so there are some pretty famous people in Seattle that were actually tied to Linda Hazard mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. There were some people that really embraced her medical theories. One of them was uh, the first known Washington victim, Daisy Maud Hogland. Did I say that right? Hagland. Hagland, tomato, tomato. Um, she was born in 1870, died in 1908. She was Daughter a of Norwegian immigrant. Yes. That like owned West Seattle. Dude, they owned Alki Point, like specifically. Yeah. Alki, yeah. sorry. There was, there was, there was, yeah, that was to say Alki. That's Al- not, I'm not, that's not a native. Here. I'm not that's a native. Say here, fine. Gabby. I'm sorry. Shame. Tomato, tomato. Shame. Shame. Um, but yeah, so. That's, that's going to be the word of the podcast. Shame. shame. I thought it should be eliminate. Eliminate, eliminate. shame. They go hand <laughs> in hand. Anyway, so. Shamefully eliminate. Oh my God, I can't. Okay, so. Apparently, after 50 days of fasting uh, with Hazard's well, direction. She was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Just as a, That's why she started going for treatment. She was diagnosed with stomach cancer when she was 38. And because fasting fixes everything. Totes my goats, yeah. You would totally fast to get rid of cancer. I mean, who says there's no cure to cancer? And, and I mean, to be fair, she did give them full something. Yeah, she she gave them half cups of asparagus water and half cups of tomato water. Delicious. That sounds just nutritious mm. and delicious. Plug and for delicious and nutritious vegetables and water. Eat your vegetables, drink your water, put them together, starve. You know, do what you got to do. We'll actually be releasing our own line <laughs> of oh, vegetable water. <laughs> Look oh. for it in a Target near you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, people would buy. See, this is what's sick. I honestly, God, believe if we were to try to market this today, people would buy it. They would go for it. They would do it. True story, nonfiction. Yep, just saying. <laughs> true story, nonfiction. nonfiction. Um, so anyway, more true story and nonfiction is that she actually died at age thirty-eight, like you said, uh, and left behind a three-year-old son. His name was Ivar. Hmm, Ivar Hogland. Oh, who is he? He is famous. Who is he? he actually is one of the more famous restaurateurs of Seattle. He's 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 notorious here. Yeah, he's notorious here for a lot of reasons. Oh, do tell. Please tell me more. Well, I mean, I, there's obviously, if for those of you who are not local and have not caught on uh, at this point, um, Ivers is a. Uh, Seafood restaurant. It's a fast food seafood restaurant that is excruciatingly popular here. It's a touristy spot. Yeah, it's one of those places that, that, well, my, my God, like locals love it. My brother is, he 
freaking obsessed with Ivers. Uh, he lives in Portland now, but when he's back up, he's like, can we go to Ivers? And I'm like, do we have to? This is no thing against Ivers. No, I'm why you're vegetarian. vegetarian. They don't exactly have a lot of things for vegetarians. Are you part of the Hazard family? Um, <laughs> Were you one of the eight siblings? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Abby, I just made myself laugh way too hard at that. That was so dumb. <laughs> well, so after Daisy died, um, his uh, Doctor Hazard basically said, "Like, it's so sad she died, but the reason she died because she performed the autopsy herself, which she preferred to do whenever she could. She put her ironing do board in do. her bathtub, like one does." Right. I mean, that's how I perform all of my autopsies. And uh, so she said the the cause of death was the cancer because it was too far advanced. But her treatment specifically eased Daisy's suffering and prolonged her life. And her husband at the time, well, not the time, I mean her husband, <laughs> John Hagland, um, he believed this so much, he started sending Ivor for treatment. And Ivor that's was a tiny three baby. when this started. That is a tiny wee little baby. And he was sent there up to three times a week. Um, so anyway, he uh, goes on to open Ivers. Uh, he was also a folk singer. He was a folk singer. Uh, and again, mostly he's notorious very much around the Seattle area. I don't know that a lot of people knew who he was outside the Pacific Northwest. Um, but he had the, the rest, the full restaurant down on pier 54. Oh, and he had the motto oh, keep clam. But is that like keep calm, keep clam, like keep clam, which I don't. Yeah. It's supposed to be but like, if you're supposed dyslexic. to be like keep calm, but it, oh, yeah. Oh, Ivar. Yeah. You know what? It's because of all the fasting. That's what did it, Joel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're so Poor mean. Poor peanuts. <laughs> oh. Um, and he actually, in, in 1976, he bought the Smith Tower, which is, at one point in time, was the tallest building in the city. It was the tallest building west of the Mississippi for a while. It was the tallest building on the West Coast for a while. Then the Space Needle was built. So, like, now it's basically the tallest building on the block for now. But when he died, he had a heart attack in um, 83. Uh, I think that's or In the 80s. No, 84. He was <laughs> – no, wait. Okay, sorry. Dates. In the 80s. Well, he was elected as port commissioner in there. And so he was elected as port commissioner. Maybe that was 83. And then uh, a year or two later, he died of a heart attack. But he had no heirs. He had no direct heirs. So his estate went to University of Washington School of Business and had, like, this whole restaurant program. So anyway, that's your little, like, side note on Ivor's history. Thank you so much um, for that. You're welcome. Thoughtful sidebar. <laughs> Keep clam. That's going to be the name of our episode. Keep clam. Keep clam. Keeping clam with uh, Linda Hazard. With Linda Hazard. And he always wore these cute little bow ties. Wait, Sorry. hold on. Was he the bow like tie every... a clam, though? <gasps> Missed opportunity. Oh, marketing would have been so on point. Somebody do it. All right. Moving but on. But he was called the flounder of Ivers, not the founder of Ivers. Oh, my God. These the puns are so good. He was a man who loved a pun. I which kind of makes sense pun. with the folk singing. Like, he dug his puns. He was very punny. Just like he dug his clams. clams. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. 
Anyway, oh, reel it back and let's talk about more dead people. Dead people. So um, Ida Wilcox died in 1908. Another victim. Uh-huh. Blanche B. Tyndall. Oh, this sounds like the Blanche. name of a really cute dog. Um, and Viola Heaton mm. in 1909. So they both died in 1909. So they're starting to add but, up. But the weird one in 1909 is Eugene. Because Eugene was the one who did not die of starvation. Oh, who was Eugene? Eugene uh, Wakelin. He died of a bullet wound to the head. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. On her property. Love it. Um, he was only 26. And she pers- performed the autopsy herself. She said the cause of death was suicide. Air quotes. Air quotes. But it should be noted that once again, parts of his estate went to her. Yeah. And this was a really common thread. She'd have a patient who would die, and wouldn't you know it, the day or two before their death, a new will and testament that left everything to her. But you know what's so interesting is that, um, so even though she had the power of attorney over his estate, she wired mm-hmm. his lawyer complaining that she needed more of his funds to pay his bill at the mortuary. Right. <laughs> and later the British vice consul in Tacoma speculated that he had been shot by the hazards. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Shocking. Or frustrated to learn that despite his aristocratic family, he actually was not rich. No. But she thought he was. She totally thought he was. was. So there you go. There's another 1909 death, but that's not from starvation. Around this time, too. So the nickname of Starvation Heights uh, that was given to the property, because it was, again, named Wilderness Heights. But the locals gave it that nickname because it was not uncommon for the long-term residents, because not all of her patients went long-term. Most of her patients were wealthy, well-educated people who would come for a week or two, maybe three. And they'd leave like they went to the spa. Oh, look at me. I feel so good. But her ones, it's just like, just that's what they sounded like. It was the invitation they did for a rich person. I'll never know what that's like. And uh, continue, please. Continue. Thank you. But some of her longer term patients, the ones that stuck, stuck around for months or more, would sometimes be seen fleeing the grounds, desperately begging local farmers for food. Or looking for the huckleberries that grow wild on the island. And that was when the locals started calling it Starvation Heights. Interesting. Well, And that, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> there's more to it, too. Um, okay. So, okay, there's more people that died, too. There's, like, a ton of people that died. Oh, there's a ton. Um, that we can confirm, too. There's a lot we can't that's confirm. That's true. Uh, apparently, civil engineer Earl Edward... Erdman, that's a lot of alliteration. Um, he took the cure in 1911 and died of starvation three weeks later. And the Seattle, I like the took the cure is like a he took the cure, the cure. There's lots of quotes in this. I feel like our title (laughs) of the episode should be quote Linda Hazard and starvation nights end quote (laughs) end quote. Um, But anyway, there was an article in the Seattle Daily Times, and the headline read quote woman. MD in quotes mm-hmm. kills another patient. Yep. Interesting. Um, patients kept on coming though. Frank South or Southard? Southard? South Southard. Ma- did we talk about Maud? Maud Whitney also is another 
victim in 1910. Yep, we talked about her. And um, also there was Frank Southard, a law partner mm-hmm. in the firm of Morris Southard and Shipley. It's the best names ever. Uh, these are great names. I'm like, why Shipley. do we not name people these names anymore? I know. Um, I want to date somebody named Shipley. That sounds awesome. I mean. To any Mr. Shipleys or Mrs. Shipleys out there, well, call me. What about a hooker de- Dewey? Hooker Dewey? Do you want a hooker Dewey? You know, that might be my line. <laughs> that might be the line I don't cross. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but Shipley. Call me. Perfect. Um, there was a guy named Ivan Flux. That also sounds like a, a band name. It's amazing. Um, that's amazing. That's a great name. And he was an Englishman who had come to America to buy a ranch and fasted for 53 days, which is kind it of like wild. It physically hurts me to even think I about that. I know. I get hangry after five hours. Um, but you know what's really crazy is that Hazard got control of some of his cash and property during his fast, as she does, or as she did. Mm-hmm. And his family was told that he died with $70 left to his name. <sighs> Isn't that wild? Like, it's yeah. so crazy. Authorities, I think, were, like, standing by the sidelines while all this was happening. And they were trying to find a reason to get involved. And when Lewis Ellsworth Radar, a former legislator and publisher of a magazine called Sound Views... Uh, he began <laughs> wasting away. So authorities finally were like, you know what? We need to do something. So Hazard treated him at the Outlook Hotel in 1911. And there were some health inspectors there that were like, hey, dude, you should probably leave. You're not in the best of hands. Yeah. Um, this is a bad, this is a bad situation. Idea. Like at this point, Outlook Hotel is local. Like that, that's still you're not super far away. You don't have to take a ferry to get to it. Like that's in the mm-hmm. city. So apparently once that happened, Hazard took him away to a secret location <laughs> where he died. Not suspicious at all. He was 5'11 and he weighed less than 100 pounds. When That's he died. like physically painful to think about. I know. Isn't that nuts? Well, and, and you can find pictures online of, of her patients. You can find and, pictures on our Instagram that I'm going to And post. you can find pictures on our Instagram. <laughs> but it it's genuinely... It's real disturbing, particularly well, when we get there, we'll, we'll elaborate. We, one particular one, there's a picture of that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of pictures and all that business. So she had all these followers, right? A commanding uh-huh. personality, someone who would probably make people these days do something stupid also. Um, uh-huh. Some of her patients were actually afraid of her. And were scared to disobey her because of what she would do to them based on what she did to other people. I mean, with the guy from the Outlook Hotel, how she took him away and that he died immediately. And he died um, immediately. Yeah. Uh, but the health director kept an eye on her in case she treated any children. Um, and apparently he would only step in if she was treating children. So maybe little Ivar was taken care of. Uh, that might have been doctor. how he, yeah. he managed to avoid... Uh going the way his mother went. Yep. Um, but patients were put up in Seattle hotels or in cabins on um, in Alala, and mm-hmm. autopsy reports listed starvation as the cause of death unless Linda Hazard performed the autopsy. Which she preferred to do. Which is why she preferred to do it, because if mm-hmm. she did it, then she would list it as anything but starvation as the cause of death. So that way it wouldn't right. go back to her. And I think right. a lot of that 
we talked in episode four about Butterworth. Butterworth and how like he was her partner in crime, literally, and how they literally <laughs> supported each other in their crimes. And I would assume that if she wasn't doing the autopsy, he probably was. I mean, we don't right. have any evidence supporting that, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Yeah. And there was one exception, though. In 1909 mm-hmm. was the one case where <laughs> there was an autopsy performed on the guy mm-hmm. that got shot on Eugene, mm-hmm. our friend Eugene, who we just talked about. Uh, there was also Dorothea and Claire Williamson. So they are mm-hmm. probably two of the more famous people who are known to have been treated by Hazard. So they were sisters. Right. They were very wealthy. Uh, mm-hmm. They were in their early 30s. And they were severe hypochondriacs. Super huge hypochondriacs. And they were also British. Mm -hmm. And they had financial control over a large estate. So that's like perfect for what Linda wants, right? Oh, yeah. So while visiting Victoria, British Columbia, they... They were staying at the Empress Hotel. Look at that. They Mm -hmm. That's when they first started to hear about Hazard. And they read about um, her book actually in a seattle newspaper and she self-published her first novel which you can still buy on amazon of course it's on amazon (laughs) irony it's possible i have a copy of it that would not surprise me um so of course (laughs) they ordered the book but they didn't order it on amazon and uh received i know right they didn't have amazon back then you're ruining all of my ideas about the past i'm sorry to ruin it all um, but they also received a brochure with her book promoting her Institute of Natural Therapeutics in Olala. <gasps> Natural Therapeutics. Tell me more. AKA Starvation Hood. <gasps> Tell dun, me dun, more. Dun. I so want in. They're like, oh my God, we have to go. So they decided to go and take her fasting cure. But the only thing was, is these are like young girls in their thirties. They want to be independent. In their early 30s. They don't want to mm-hmm. like tell other people what they're doing right so they didn't tell any no. of their relatives or any of their family no. what they were doing none of their family knew what was up number one mistake when you're dealing with the serial fair. killer well and to be well she wasn't technically a serial killer I but mean. but but her family their fa- they very deliberately didn't tell their family because they knew that their family would stop them yeah they didn't believe um, in this unorthodox medicine in February of 1911, they went and visited Hazard at her office at the Northern Bank and Trust Building, where they were told that the sanitarium wasn't ready just yet, but, you know, she could still treat them in Seattle. So mm-hmm. they hung out at the Buena Vista Apartments. Which are still around. Dude, those are in Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. The Buena Vista Apartments. Okay, sidebar. Uh, we're going to talk about haunted stuff in just a little bit. The spoopy. The spoopy things. I actually drove by the Buena Vista apartments when I was on a ghost tour a while back. It was like one of those driving ghost tours that I've mentioned. Oh, the, the like one in the van. Yep. And we pulled over next to the Buena Vista apartments in Capitol Hill. And it still literally exists to this day in the way that it looked when they stayed at it. And okay. there have been reports that haunted activities have happened there. However, as most haunted activities you can't really prove what it is exactly. So we don't know right. if it's, I mean, we haven't come to the unfortunate demise of the Williamson's, but right. um, clearly they were affected by Dr. Hazard. And if they felt comfortable at that apartment, they might've gone back and like hung out That's there true. after death. Right. So true. 
anyway, if you're curious about the Buena Vista apartments, they're located in Capitol Hill and you can still go there today. But like, don't bother the people that live there, please. <laughs> don't just like randomly go in and be like, uh, here you have ghosts. Because that's creepy. That's and don't rude. be that guy. It's rude. It's rude. It's so rude. And you don't want to trespass. So mm-hmm. anyway, Buena Vista apartments, still a thing today. That's where they hung out um, under Dr. Hazard's care. And they only were allowed to drink the thin vegetable broth and had hours of enemas and the pummeling massage. Uh, it's it's the hours of enemas I keep coming back to. Like, my God. Eliminate. 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 <laughs> Oh, so bad. Apparently, uh, there were inquiries about the sister's business affairs during that time by Hazard. And um, she was like, you know what? You guys have diamond rings. You're in a city. Let me take your diamond rings and your fancy jewelry. And oh, yeah, your real estate deeds. Mm-hmm. And keep them in my office safe. So that, that way they'll yeah, be safe for you. They'll be fine. They'll be safe. They'll never, be safe. Never trust someone that says that to you. Never trust a hazard. Never trust a hazard. But by April, the sisters were like real fucked up. They were really emaciated and delirious. Yeah. Um, they ended up getting transferred to Olala uh, by twin ambulances and a private <laughs> launch because they were fancy. Um, so just before the ambulance set out for the dock their uh, linda hazard's private attorney literally forced claire to sign paperwork that she didn't know she was signing because she was was out of no state she was completely Mm -hmm. delirious she wasn't coherent and apparently it was leaving a monthly stipend of 25 pounds of sterling per year to the hazards quote institute and adding um that in case she dies quote unquote in case her body would be cremated under the charge and direction of linda hazard mm, cremated that's interesting why wouldn't you want to have interesting a burial in the time of those fancy funerals that butterworth was putting on right well but claire did <laughs> well that's that's why it's interesting yeah so i mean but she had that yeah yeah she had that fancy funeral i know that's why i'm saying it's interesting that claire had signed a, a, a paper that said in case she dies, she wants her body cremated. And then she wasn't. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. And it's not like she wrote that. Like Linda Hazard wrote that. Right. So there's got to be some suspicious planning behind Linda Hazard. And she clearly wasn't consistent in her planning. <laughs> um, nope. But there was someone who sensed that something weird was up. And her name was Margaret Conway. She was the sister's childhood nanny. And Mm -hmm. she received a weird telegram that just asked her to come to Olala, but didn't give her any details. So Margaret Conway was in Australia and she set sail from Australia to Seattle to see what was going on with the sisters. So of course, Sam Hazard, good old Sam met the boat uh, that had Margaret Conway Mm -hmm. and took her to Linda Hazard's office in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Uh, she was told that Claire was dead and Dorothea <laughs> Dora was insane. And mm-hmm. she was also taken to the Butterworth mortuary and shown an embalmed body that she didn't recognize as Claire. Mm-mm. So the hair color was wrong. That's the, my favorite part of it. Isn't that so crazy? So she was, this goes back to our other episode when we talk about how Linda Hazard asked Butterworth to provide a body 
for yeah. a burial so that no one would see what she actually did to the bodies. So super wild. But of course, you know, Margaret, she's not that dense. She knows something weird mm -hmm. is up. She knows what, but she's also a servant. She is a servant. So she can't really say a ton. Mm -hmm. um, but she was taken there, didn't recognize Claire. And then she went to Olala for a reunion with Dora. And at this point, Dora is a literal human skeleton living mm -hmm. in a, like a basic, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up. She was living in a literal shack, but it wasn't the ghost daddy shack. <laughs> it was not the fun shack. Nope. Not ghost daddy shack. That's a different story. This is just a That's the cabin. Shack. No, it's the ghost daddy shack. Um, Anyway, so Dora immediately was like, save me, get me away from here. I'm sane. I'm not insane. Please steal me away. Help. Um, help me. Yes. So apparently Dora was a little out of it. And obviously it was out of it because of her situation. So one she day wasn't she was eating either. <laughs> no, she was delirious and it wasn't insanity. It was delirium. Um, right. So she was being begged or she was begged to be taken away. And then the next day she was like, you know what? No, this cure is doing me a world of good. Yeah. So Margaret just was like, you know, what? I'm going to stay with her. I'm going to try to convince her to leave. Mm -hmm. She tried to sneak her some like actual substance of food of like rice and flour into her main right. source of nutrition um, and made a broth, which was the broth made out of canned tomatoes. And mm -hmm. apparently all the patients were usually separated from each other. So mm -hmm. There was a one exception where they actually could hang out and it was on the 4th of July. So mm -hmm. two of the patients approached Margaret and begged her to get them out of the place, saying that they were prisoners. So clearly something messed up is going on at this point, And it's right. not just Dora that's being affected. So right. Conway also noticed that um, <laughs> Dr. Hazard, she is really something else because she was wearing Claire's silk dressing yeah. gown and her favorite hat which i'm uh -huh. sure conway was like i see that that's familiar i know that right well and even the gold fillings from claire's teeth that is so wild um because she produced the will uh that uh, that was dated the day before she died that said hey look claire said i should get all these things because i'm so cool including and she my me. teeth <laughs> including the gold fillings from my teeth which is just a thing that's awesome and really creepy and really real creepy real creepy so <laughs> basically uh at this point he also finds out that dora had given the hazards power of attorney and right. that she now has control over her funds and at this point conway's just like i'm over it i'm taking dora i'm taking her with me dr hazard was like Sorry, Dora is not free to leave. She can't go anywhere. The right. hazards literally have legal guardianship over Dora and right. explained that she would literally be spending the rest of her life with them. And so right. Conway was like, I can't do this. I need to save her. So she sneaks off to the property um, to cable and communicate with his sister's uncle who lived in Portland. And he right. came to rescue them essentially. So yeah, it was about, I think he paid like a grand. He paid $2,000. Oh, more than a grand. So at that time, that's like extra wild. It's a lot of money. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And uh -huh. Dora only weighed 60 pounds when he came to save her. She, a little less than 60 pounds, oh actually. Oh, 
Yeah. And you can, again, you can find the pictures. Uh, we'll post them to our Instagram, but she's in her early to mid thirties. So, and you look at these pictures, she looks like an old woman. It's really disturbing. Like as a person, like that's not even a ghost. Like that's no. like a real live person. So of course, at this point, word is getting out that Hazard is doing some really messed up stuff. Now she's affecting some wealthy people. They're seeing what's going on. So there's the British vice consul in Tacoma. Um, mm-hmm. brought, Who already had her on their radar. Right? They already were like, something's up. I can't put my finger on it, but I know something's up. Literally, <laughs> I love this. This is such like a, 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 a side stab. Dorothy, Dora Williamson. um, literally offered to pay for the prosecution of hazard because um kitsap county couldn't afford to do it so dora offered to pay for it so like boom bitches here's some money here's the money that hazard didn't take we're gonna actually use it to prosecute her and so linda hazard was arrested in 1911 And the headline of the Tacoma Daily News said, quote, officials expect to expose starvation atrocities. Dr. Hazard depicted as fiend, end quote. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Dr. Hazard's going to deflect. She's like, nah, I'm just really, really smart and I'm successful and I'm capable of doing all these things and being successful, um, even though you think that natural cures don't work so one and she she used the defense that like i'm only being persecuted because i'm a woman yeah she totally pulled that she even like that's messed up people you know what she also said i have a quote of what something that she said she said she she said quote i intend to get on the stand and show up that bunch they've been playing checkers but it's my move i'll show them a thing or two when i get on the stand wow Okay, sassy lady. She's crazy. So Uh her lawyer literally kept her off the stand because she's crazy. Because bitches be crazy. Bitches crazy. Uh, But the judge was like, uh, no, I'm admonishing you for signaling to witnesses. So besides her medical testimony, a complete paper trail, uh, it also had a forged diary entry saying Claire wanted Linda Hazard to have her diamonds. (laughs) which sure. i wonder who wrote that um uh-huh. it made it very clear that the hazards were not very honest people so what I shock know. who knew so dr hazard had her defenders including a loyal staff members um, and patients we had uh john ivar hagland who oh, testified john. that even though his wife daisy had been hazard's first washington victim he had faith in dr hazard and had even taken his little boy ivar to to her for treatment for three weeks <laughs> but um the jury was like not nope, sorry um the verdict is manslaughter and yep they basically <laughs> literally said the press theorized that if she had been a man they would have charged her with murder and so the oh, whole probably. the whole oh woe is me i'm a woman worked on her for her a little bit because instead of being charged for murder she was charged with manslaughter women are delicate flowers except when they're trying to kill you even then we're (laughs) delicate poison flowers but we're still delicate flowers true true so just because i took an axe and gave somebody 40 wax doesn't mean anything but that's not that's not linda that's lizzie 
That's oh, true. That's I like, got confused by the L. I know. So much alliteration. Damn it. It's my little lady brain. It but can you know what? So much. You bring up a really good point. For I know this isn't really, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second. I apologize tangent. in advance. Do it. You caused Do it. it. I'm just blaming it on you, Kim. So, like, okay, for example, Lizzie Borden was also put on trial for killing her father mm-hmm. and her stepmother with mm-hmm. a freaking axe to the head hatchet like hatchet, a hatchet, hatchet. But yes whatever you get the point she <laughs> killed them like the she way that them. she set it up if you know about that murder was so strategic and there was no noise she literally burned a dress that she wore that day she claimed that may or she may was, not have been naked while doing it right she did all these things that basically caused her to get away with murder if you believe that she did it but there's so many arrows pointing to her and a lot of different um people that were tried to they tried to accuse a lot of other people of it but didn't have anything to withstand it so it's just really interesting to see how things slide by because it's a woman involved back in the day but women don't do such horrible things (gasps) i know Yet you and I are doing this podcast, so there's that. It's because women are dark, twisted, awesomely weird, morbid creatures, and we're only now kind of being allowed to embrace that. I know, right? So, okay, let's wrap up this story. So apparently while waiting sentencing, or while awaiting sentencing, Linda Hazard couldn't take it. She needed to kill more people, so she killed two more patients. um, Like you do. As Linda did. And she eventually served to only two years in Walla Walla at the state penitentiary. And then she and Sam were like, we need to get out of here. Let's skedaddle. Let's go to New Zealand. Let's go to New Zealand. Okay. Because they already have a bunch of things to kill you there. And also, so no we'll just one, blend right in. there is no internet. No one's going to know what's going on. That's and true. And she operated under the titles of physician, dietitian, osteopath. And hey, she wrote another book. And guess what else she did? She made a lot of money. Um, but... The irony of the situation is that in 1920, she made enough money to come back to Olala because, you know, she had to come back. And instead of, like, creating solace, she actually built her, quote, dream sanitarium at Starvation Heights to treat um, her her patients, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And since the state of Washington finally pulled her medical license, she couldn't call it a sanitarium, so she had to call it a school of health. And um, the building was super lavish. It had a basement autopsy room. And uh, guess what she continued to do? She continued to starve people to death. So someone... And autopsy them? Yeah. She didn't learn a lesson. Nobody learned a lesson. But, um, you know, fate comes in. And in 1935, (laughs) the sanitarium burned down. And three years later, Dr. Hazard died. But guess how she died? The best way possible spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> she starved mm-hmm. herself she gave herself her own fasting cure and literally died the way that she killed all of her victims which is nuts so no one really knows the total number of her victims i i think there's a number around like 40 yeah it's there's a really wide range and and it's located right off of a ravine this real steep ravine and so one of the prevailing theories is that um, Sam Hazard specifically used to dump bodies over it. Uh, and and you wouldn't be able to really easily go down there to look. And with all of the 
creatures in the area that would also gnaw on any bodies thrown over. I mean, on just bones. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have, we have confirmed numbers and we have suspected numbers. Um, and we, we spoke already about some of the victims. Um, uh, but the, the number is, is most likely much, much higher as it is with most serial killers. And I know you're saying she that wasn't like, a serial I, know, killer, I know you're saying she's not a serial killer. She's not. But she, she was like the closest the... thing to it at the time as a woman. That, no, that's, that's not true. Okay, fine. <laughs> to each his own. Back, in fact, some of the first recorded serial killers were women. That's true. Actually. Well, of, of the area I met, uh, were there any recorded serial killers that were women in Washington? And that's really, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of serial killers at that time that were, well, not a lot, but there was, there were female serial killers at that time. Um, I'm looking at you, Belle Gunnis. Uh, I'm looking at you, Mary Cotton. And, um, you're also sitting in the dark saying, I'm looking at you. It's well, really it's because, creepy. <laughs> I know it's because it got dark while we were doing this and my light switch is like 10 feet away from me and I can't reach it cause I have short little arms. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, um, if, if you want to get technical, which I'm a true crime person, so I, I often get technical. She doesn't fit the definition of serial killer technically. Um, if I had to call her anything, I'd call her something more of a cult leader. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, I the same way that like Charles Manson I was, was just going to say, killer. we can agree that she was crazy. I would disagree with that as well. Oh my I think God. she knew exactly. Well, I think she knew exactly because crazy insinuates that she had some kind of mental illness okay, that but prevented that was her from nuts what's to wrong. do what she did. Was nuts. It was nuts to do what she did, but I but the thing is 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 she knew exactly what she was doing because the the level of forgery and the level of um con involved in what she was doing tells me she knew exactly what she was doing. She wasn't crazy. She may not have a very strong moral compass, um, but she wasn't crazy. I mean, the same way that Ted Bundy wasn't crazy. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, we could go down a rabbit hole having this conversation, we, Kim. I love you, could, but let's not go down could. this rabbit hole right now. But I'm just saying, if you want to go by the technical definition of serial killer, because again, the true crime person in me is that is what we have technically she is not a serial killer okay fine i'll give it to you there's more to seattle than the underground i'm not sure if you've known this or not but don't be fooled since 2004 spooked in seattle tours in association with a ghost advanced ghost hunters of seattle tacoma the oldest and longest running ghost tour in the area has been telling the real stories of haunted seattle and presenting evidence collected on actual paranormal investigations they're the only tour run by actual paranormal investigators with over 30 years of experience and the only tour that takes you inside haunted locations with a variety of different tours and events available, including their very own death museum and psychic readings after 5 p.m., Spooked in Seattle has been named one of the top ghost tours in the USA. 
fun fact, they have actually won lots of different standings. They are the winner of the 2019 Trip Advisor Certificate of Excellence, ranked number two in the U.S. by USA Today, ranked number six in the U.S. by timeout.com, ranked number 14 in the U.S. by Country Living Magazine, and ranked number 16 in the U.S. by msn.com. Some of the tours provided are the Pioneer Square Ghost Tours. On these tours, you will hear real stories of the ghosts that continue to haunt the area, topped off by venturing into a portion of Seattle's famous underground with nothing but a flashlight. They also have the How to Murder History Tour and the Pioneer Square Haunted Pub Tour. This one is my personal favorite. Party with the spirits on this 90-minute tour through Seattle's Pioneer Square, visiting a few of the city's most haunted drinking establishments along the way. Hear stories of the city's sex, scandals, murders, and the ghosts that still walk among us. Learn about the famous Seattle seamstresses. Hear about the corruption that pushed the people into their breaking points and the payoffs that changed the city forever. Your spine-chilling adventure starts at the historic J&M Cafe and ends at the world-famous Merchant's Cafe, Seattle's oldest restaurant that we talked about in episode one. One way or the other, you will encounter a spirit of some kind on this tour. And they even offer a deluxe Pioneer Square ghost tour with admittance and tour of the Death Museum with Ross Allison himself. But if you need even more... They offer admission to ghost hunts with some of our very own ghost members and including Ross. One of the ghost hunts that we have is the Spooked in Seattle ghost hunt on August 30th at 10 p.m. and a ghost hunt on the USS Turner Joy on September 7th at 9 p.m. Go to spookedinseattle.com for more tour times and tickets for any and all of the ghoulish fun offered. All right, so now that we talked about how she wasn't a serial killer, let's talk about how she caused some potential hauntings. So actually, um, there's a really great book that basically tells this entire story written by Greg Olson, and it gives a ton of detail. I got some of the information from it that we talked about today, um, but also... He's gone and done a lot of interviews there at the Starvation Heights house. Um, But there's, I I found some information on a couple different articles. So they're through different periods of time. So one of the articles that I found was in 1997. So it talked about how the people who owned the house, I believe Chuck and Opal. Good old Chuck. Abundis is how you pronounce their last name. They owned the house. Today, Mm -hmm. the house no longer exists, but back when it was still around, um, they actually had a lot of experiences with interesting, weird things that they couldn't really um, explain. And Mm -hmm. apparently the the hilltop above downtown Olala uh, is haunted with souls, quote, starving for a final resting place. And that is quote. what they say. I had to use the pun. It was too good. Um, so anyway, they actually, uh, Opal and Chuck had invited people in to do tours of their house back right. in 97. And mm-hmm. it was mostly for historical purpose. They didn't really like talk about hauntings, but then people caught wind that there was some weird stuff happening there. 
So apparently they hear some like bumps in the night. Also during the day, they'll hear footsteps on the porch. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they hear someone on the porch, they'll open the front door and nobody's there. Right. So you would also hear footsteps on the stairs. Uh, Chuck said, quote, it sounds like people are walking around upstairs. One time I went into the bathroom and there is no draft down there and it was a warm day and I got the coldest feeling. It felt like they touched me on the back of my right arm and it was cold. A week ago, I was wiping off the counter by the toaster and the electrical cord came out by itself and dropped onto the floor, unquote. Right. So that was something that he experienced, too. On another occasion, um, Opal was in the kitchen cooking dinner she was facing the stove which was against one wall and the bathroom door was behind her she moved back and forth between a counter on her left and a stove for several minutes you know cooking dinner doing what you got to do and when she turned around she saw that every chair in the kitchen and a few from the room next door had been piled up against the bathroom door right super wild that's not normal. Like there was literally no one else in the house when that happened. So apparently also the basement has some stuff going on because what creepy house doesn't have a weird basement? Of course. Apparently in the depths of the basement, someone built a small closet and it used to have a door which hasn't been in the doorway for a long time. And it has a small hole cut in the middle of the closet, just enough, big enough to put like a foot into and Chuck wonders if the good doctor put unruly patients in, quote, the hole until they became more agreeable. So, I mean, sounds pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. There's, the cemetery is supposed to be haunted. Yes. So we have the cemetery. There's, right, well, there's also the area where um, the sanitarium used to be. So we talked about how the sanitarium right. was burned down in 1935. And there's still a seven-foot-tall concrete box that still stands in the middle of the ivy-covered ruins. And Mm -hmm. um, they think it's the incinerator. Right. One thing that survived. And Well, because there's a funny story from when they first bought the place. Oh, tell us. And there's like, well, there was something where like you could get access to it, but you had to kind of hoist up. And and so it would have been Chuck, I guess, uh, was he couldn't get up there and so he hoisted one of his kids up to look inside (laughs) because they were little and they could fit he put his kid in the incinerator just to check if there was any bones or anything and what was the result i believe there was nothing found but i don't think his kid was super happy about it (laughs) if only you were that kid kim oh i'd be stoked you'd be so excited um Mm So the ravine that you were talking about earlier is right near that. And apparently yeah. they were looking for like a bunch of bones in that yeah. area. I mean, we know we've talked about ghost stories that are told yeah. on TV, like right. uh, Ghost Adventures. Uh, there's a show mm-hmm. called Dead Files. And mm-hmm. this was in the first season, season one, episode 19. They do an episode on Starvation Heights. And, you know, they're always so dramatic and what's mm-hmm. funny is that, like, they do reference Linda Hazard. They do right. reference, like, the starving people. But they don't go into a lot of, like, info or connect any of the things that they observe to Linda Hazard, right. really. Apparently, there were two kids that used to live there, no longer live there. And mm-hmm. one of the kids, it's really funny because the way that the premise of Dead Files is, is you have a psychic and then you have a dude that used to be like an investigator that doesn't believe in paranormal stuff. And he used to be a detective for like, I think it's like New York 
PD or something. Right. And so he's like straight shooter dude. And he tries to call this kid out like the kid's lying. He says he's done a couple seances. He's done 10. He's done 15. And he's like, all right, like, stop lying to me. How many have you done? And he goes, I've done about 17. That's a very specific number. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, it caused elevated activity. Oh, really? Because <laughs> you're doing 17 seances. So apparently when he did the seances, there were some weird things that happened. You'd hear knocking. You'd hear a gust of wind. Someone got like physically shaken and like fell right. over and started crying. And he saw like a little boy and a little girl with dark hair at separate times who weren't responsive to him. Right. But I'm wondering like where these children came from if she didn't treat children. I mean, but she did sometimes. But it doesn't have any documentation of her killing any kids. No, not that we have any records of, but uh, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. True, true, true. <laughs> but then there's also talk of a female entity who apparently fell down the stairs and died. And then they're like, oh, wait, no. It looks like Linda Hazard. It's Linda Hazard. But she, she, That's not she didn't how fall she down died. the stairs and die. She starved no. to death. So I don't she know. did it to herself. Yeah, she sure did. Um, so there's, and then they talk about some dude who looks like a cowboy that's there. I don't know. I don't know if it's relevant, but it has some great like visuals and it shows the inside of the house. So if you want to see what the house looked like, you can watch that episode. Um, but I'm going to go back to the cemetery because Kim, you were mentioning the cemetery. Do you want to yes. talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. Uh, Olala Cemetery, which is um, not too far from. Uh, where Linda Hazard's hospital was or sanitarium was. It's on a hill. It overlooks Puget Sound. Uh, it was actually established. This is kind of funny. It was established at um, a meeting of the school district in 1901. Uh, it's one and a half acres. And then it was abandoned in 1930. And there's been no burials since it was abandoned. Um, it is said that... Uh, there are spirits that haunt there. Uh, it's been part of a number of investigations. I believe a ghost actually has investigated there. So we need to speak to June uh, about that. Well, I know Jake's gone there. Well, and Jake actually, so Jake is the person who's been on the last couple of episodes. He runs a website called Ghostly, yeah, Activities. Ghostly Activities. Yep. And so he actually has a whole article about it called the Old Olala Cemetery Haunted History and mm -hmm. talks about a visit that he and June had going to the cemetery. It's not technically an investigation that they did. It was more it's so a visit. just yeah. a visit where they looked at all the different tombstones and they saw all of the people that you know, there, it said that a lot of people who were killed by Linda Hazard are buried there. So right. it's visiting that area. Uh, he actually talks about they went on August 18th in 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, he gives you directions to the cemetery, which is pretty cool. So it's yeah. like literally it's pretty hard to find unless you know where you're going. Um, right. But if you want to check that out, it's on ghostlyactivities.com. And mm -hmm. just look up Old Olala Cemetery Haunted History and you'll find it. But other than that, I think as far as haunted stuff goes, this story is more just really messed up. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of negativity tied to it. There's a lot of death tied to it. It does fit the whole ambiance of, you know, a ghost stories, which is why mm -hmm. we wanted to discuss 
Uh, that's most of the the stuff that I was able to find. Uh, I think beyond that, speaking to uh, people who have have gone there, there's there's been a handful of stories from them. But that's like a maybe we'll have June on at some point to chat about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to do that. We'll have one of our episodes where we do an interview with June, who's our vice president of a ghost, and pick her brain and hear some stories from her, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for listening. Um, for more information on our group of ghosts, visit aghost.org. For more information on Spooked in Seattle and the murder tours that Kim does, mm-hmm. um, check out spookedinseattle.com. Please check out our website as well. It is a ghoststoriespodcast.com. And all of our episodes are actually available to listen on the website. We'll also uh-huh. post some fun posts on there with verbiage for investigations. We also have our Instagram link on there. Um, our Instagram is a ghost stories. Please follow us and say hi. If you have any stories about hauntings that you've experienced and want to share and want us to read for you, uh, please email us at a ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe and or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're easily accessible on Spotify and Apple podcasts, as well as Transistor. Thank you for listening and uh, stay spooky, Seattle. Seattle.